Welcome, theater enthusiasts, to the first episode of From the Apron podcast. Today, we have an incredible guest. Join us as we delve into the enchanting world of our guest's upcoming production, a thrilling Sherlock Holmes play. But that's not all. We'll also explore the fascinating concept of drive through theater and discover our guest's unwavering dedication to community theater. So whether you've spent countless hours on the stage, eagerly awaited the opening night, or are yet to experience the magic of live theater, tune in and let us ignite your curiosity spark your imagination, and leave you with a profound appreciation for the power of community theater. It's time to let the curtain rise in our first episode of From the Apron Podcast. Sit back, relax, and let the magic unfold. Joining us today is Maru Garcia of Wheat Ridge Theater Company. They have an interesting slogan, doing theater in unconventional places. Uh, They have an upcoming production that she'll be directing, Sherlock Holmes, The Case of Alice Faulkner, by Arthur Conan Doyle and William Gillette. To go over a couple of her credits here, uh, are quite impressive. Uh, she's been a director and actor for a long time. Uh, she's directed productions such as Annie, Blythe Spirit, The Rocky Horror Show, Pygmalion, Grease, just to name a few. Uh, she's acted in such productions as Little Women, The Odd Couple, Streetcar Named Desire, and Henry V. Thank you so much for joining us, Maru. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Excited so, uh, to be here. Uh, of the things that I named there, I'm just obviously cherry picking, right? I mean, you've done so much, and I, I cherry picked things that were, you know, known to me that that sounded familiar to me, and I think will sound familiar to a large audience. Is there anything there that I missed that is just like you've just got to tell the world about it? Like it was just a great role that you played, or a great cast that you worked with, or, or something like that. Yes, I have directed a play called Information for Foreigners five times. One in Mexico, four in the United States. And it's an interactive play where the audiences go room to room in different houses or different um, theater experiences. And they see in different order scenes of torture and disappearances of what happened in the dictatorship in Argentina. Five times I have directed it. So that is, that is, uh, and I will direct it again, I may say. And also drive-through theater. During the pandemic, we did three plays in drive-through theater. Okay, so the you said room to room. And years ago, seriously, 25, 30 years ago, I saw a production that, that did a room to room concept. I think it was called Feifu and Her Friends. And it was at a, a college in Northern Virginia. It was at George Mason University. And um, so if I recall correctly, and tell me if this is similar, uh, the they split the audience up into like five different groups. Okay, yes, you're nodding your head, yes. And um, the, the audience, so I was in maybe room C I started in, and I saw that scene. And then I, after that, act or scene was over then i would go to room d and then room e and then back to room a and then b and then the finish with i finished the show but presumably while i was in room c other patrons were in room b and other patrons were in room a and other and all these rooms were full for the duration of the show and all the actors had to do all five of these scenes five times is that similar that is very similar. That is exactly what happened. A complete immersive experience. The audience sees and it's right there next to the actors. And I love that kind of theater. What yes. was really interesting to me in that particular production was 
to see to to pay special attention to actors' entrances and exits because they would exit a scene that you were watching scene B uh, saying that they were going to do something or having some motivation to leave that scene and you didn't quite know it and then later be, oh and that's the other thing too right that all these five scenes are happening at the same time right so the you would see this person leave not knowing their motivation or whatever and then later maybe two or three scenes later you would see them enter another scene that same actor and you're like oh okay this is where they were they were coming to here when they left there or or vice versa so i i really enjoyed paying special attentions to to, to actors entrances and exits and something like that it was fantastic um tell me about yes. drive through theater i have not been able to wrap my head around that i read about it on the on the on the uh, wheat ridge theater company website but i i can't i, I can't understand it from what i've read Yes, so during the pandemic, I'm like, no, no, we cannot let theater die. What can we do to keep audiences and actors safe? So I worked with, a, I created a concept of you, you watch a play as an audience in 30 minutes. So you go through, the, the car goes through a stations, just like a drive-thru, a drive-thru for food you go to station one you watch a scene for five minutes and then you go to station two and you watch another part of the same play for five more minutes and so in half an hour you see a whole play the actors have to repeat the same scene 16 to 18 times so it's the same and the characters are it are it's the different actors playing the same character in all the stations but this created a wave of first of all the families were safe because they were in their cars they just had the windows down so the actors have to stay five feet away from the windows so it was safe and then the actors can move around the car in such a way that they will never be close to each other so it was an easy way of keeping everyone safe. What I discovered along this experiment is that it was also helpful for families, for example, with the small children, because they were able, the parents were able to go see a show and the children were on the back having a snack or in their tablet watching. So it was helpful. It was helpful for older people that wanted to get out of the house, see a show, but didn't want getting out of the car, getting into a theater, going to the restroom. It was complicated. So that was another advantage. And people in wheelchairs, some, some of these people is really difficult to get into a space, get down from the wheelchair. There's no parking, there's no space. They can just watch a play from the comfort of their car. We had families that got their, their lunch and they were eating a hamburger and in their car and just watching a play. It was fantastic. I did three productions like that and I will do it all over again because it wasn't not only because keeping people safe, it added other bonuses. And as an actor also, the actors, because they had to repeat the scene 16 or 18 times, not only they got used to it, but they discover 
knew the, the, the nuances of the character and what can they do. And each experience with the audience was different. We used sometimes the car to put some like a teacup on top of the of the of the car or the families had to pass something in between you know, like give this letter to the other person on the other side so it was it was an interactive experience very unique um i will do it again in a heartbeat very nice so th th this is it was rewarding enough that you think it it, it will continue to live on even though uh, even outside of COVID. That's fantastic. Uh, if, if other theaters out there are interested in this idea and they want to contact you for, for helpful advice, is that something they could do? Yes. Um, I, mm -hmm. I would love for them to contact me. I will be happy to go to them or meet with them and see how to make it happen. It took a little bit of experimenting and knowing about times and how to handle actors and uh, props and so it's it's an uh, like the tricks of the trade as I call you know like you already have the experience but I would be happy to go to them and work with them so they can have a production like that. This is ideal for colleges. It's ideal for fundraisings. It's ideal for um, theater companies that just want to think outside the box. Um, it is, it is, and any play can be adapted. Theater companies that maybe don't have their own theater space. Exactly. We did, we did Fuente Ovejuna in Drive Through Theater. Fuente Ovejuna is from the 18th century. It's a Spanish play. And the play, the normal play, is three hours long. And I reduce it to wow. half an hour. And we made it happen. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> wow, that is amazing indeed. So uh, I imagine there's a couple challenges with this, right? Like uh, I, I think of theater in the round is the first thing that comes to mind, right? But this is theater from the round from the inside out, right? Like it, it's the opposite of theater, theater in the round, right? You've got the audience on the inside and the actors on the outside. Um, and, and I know I've, I've done theater in the round one time and um, it, it was... Um, I was nervous about it. I, I, I felt uncomfortable on stage for the first time in a long time uh, during rehearsals. And um, I remember asking my director, like, you know, oh, our director, you know, told us, you know, this is this is how you how you handle blocking situations in theater, theater in the round. And I trusted her blocking. And every moment during rehearsals when I wasn't on stage myself, I would sit in the audience in various places. And I would watch the production, and I would and I would say to myself, "Wow, this this does work. This does look really nice." And then I was able to trust the process completely and feel completely comfortable come uh, come opening night. Uh, so, what are some interesting blocking challenges that happen with this inside out this this theater in the donut? Let's call it. Um, there were no. There is actually literally no blocking. It's just character okay. creation, and the actors move by themselves according to the car. We had little cars, we had big bands, we had trucks, we had so they had to adapt themselves, which makes it real. There were other challenges. For example, we had some sprinklers going on in one of the performances, so oh the actors God. got soaking wet, <laughs> like, and the actors. Uh, so that was one of the challenges in one of the other performances. The wind was blowing really hard, and they were wearing hats, so the hats were blowing. So there were other challenges, but the blocking was not. However, 
in the Wittrich Theater Company, in the space that we have now, it's theater on the round. We have audiences on three sides of the stage. The actors okay. are literally a foot away from the audience. So now that we're presenting Zorro, the musical, the swords are really, when they fight with the swords, they are literally there. Like the singing, dancing is, they can touch the actors if they wanted to. Nobody has tried, but wow. it can happen. So one other question I had about this um, drive-through theater is, is having to do scenes 18 times in, in a single night, is there any additional emotional drain on the actors with something like that? There could be. Um, there wasn't. It just makes it interesting. So it was, it was challenging. And the actors were exhausted. At the end of the night, they were like, oh my goodness, like I had to repeat so, this. So definitely physical challenges. Um, so let's move on to talk about your upcoming performance. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Case of Alice Faulkner. Uh, like I said, by Arthur Conan Doyle and William Gillette. So I guess that's a, a collab piece. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, obviously, is the, the author of the novels Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so th this, I imagine, is I I'm, I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, I imagine this is pretty close to the to the novels then, right? This is not like there's a new production, uh, like a TV show with, um, what's his name, ben Benedict Cumberbatch. This is not that, right? This is, I imagine, much closer to, uh, to, the, to the, uh, the, the original novels. Um, go ahead, give me, give me a synopsis uh, of this play and maybe some challenges. This is a typical Sherlock Holmes book, but presented in a play. Sherlock Holmes is the one that notices all the little nuances and differences and solves the crime based on that with the counterpart part of Dr. Moriarty, who is the like the nemesis. So we have the both things, Moriarty trying to get him and Sherlock Holmes, of course, gets away with being like the hero. So it's like a, a very a special hero. Typical murder mystery, what happens, Sherlock Holmes nodding things, Dr. Watson, of course, we need Dr. Watson in the mixture, right? So being oh, the course. counterpart, the, the reasonable size. Um, and it's, it's a delightful play. The challenges are that the theater company is theater in the round. And of course, it requires five different uh, like settings, rooms and stuff, because it's yep. a, in a typical play proscenium, you can move things around. In theater in the round, you cannot. So actors are being seen and blackouts are almost impossible. So that yeah. will be the challenge, but it can be done with a little of imagination. Oh, yeah, exactly, with imagination. That's one of the fantastic things about community theater, right, is that the, the audience gives you a lot of leeway. Um, you know, they accept that you you have to change sets in front of them. They accept that, you know, you have limited uh, space and, and, and props and so forth. And and sometimes a, a new set can be as simple as a chair being uh, on this side of the stage instead of that side of the stage. Oh, okay, I see. When the chair's over here, it's it's the, the laboratory. When the chair's over here, it's the office or something like that, you know. Um, 
So yeah, it takes a little bit of imagination, but that's fantastic. As I was thinking about Sherlock Holmes this morning, I was trying to think of like all the characters that have been inspired by Sherlock Holmes, right? Like probably Adrian Monk, uh, maybe Columbo, uh, probably maybe even Agatha Christie Poirot. Um, what what other what other interesting things are there about the, the Sherlock Holmes character himself? That that I mean, I, if this play delivers what you expect from Sherlock Holmes in that he walks into a situation and goes, bam, 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 bam. This is what's going on. And this is why I know this is what's going on. It's, it's really impressive. I, I think, I think you're, I think you should expect a couple like mid scene applauses when Sherlock Holmes does his thing. Um, it's, it's really impressive. One of the things important about Sherlock Holmes is that everyone likes the character. If, if you had met Sherlock Holmes in person, as it's portrayed in the novels and everything, you probably wouldn't like him as a person. Like, he's special and picky and, and like, an introvert. So, there are many things of Sherlock Holmes that, as a person, we probably wouldn't like. But as a character in a novel, it's like, oh my goodness, he's a genius. So, it's one of those lovable characters that everyone can say like, wow, this is amazing. How did this happen? That makes it extremely interesting. As you described that, another one just popped into my head that is no doubt a, a, crea a, a, a copy of Sherlock Holmes. And it's um, Dr. Gregory House from House MD, right? Like he's that ex character exactly, right? He makes these amazing deductions. Uh, we love watching him on his show, but you would not want to be his friend in real life. Yep, you're absolutely right. So your production dates are July 28th to August 13th, and I imagine that's going to be Friday, Saturday nights and Sunday matinees? Yes, Friday, Saturday at 7.30, Sunday at 2.30, and we have industry night on August, it's the first week, August 10th. So we have industry night okay. is the little bit of uh, reduced price tickets and it's for us for other actors to come see the play because everyone else is performing at other times and that's in the denver colorado area denver colorado proper yeah we are a block away from denver it's in Whitridge, uh, but uh, Whitridge is uh, one of the connected cities with denver and we are literally a block west from denver like you're crossing the street it's denver it's it's very so, centric people in denver colorado obviously if you're listening to this check out uh wheat ridge wheat ridge theater company's website uh we'll put that in the show notes make sure you go see a production of this um it sounds fantastic to me i wish i lived closer i live in i live in maryland baltimore maryland um but and and also if you live uh you know you know where Denver is. You know how far away it is. If it's an hour from you, if it's an hour and a half from you, go see this play. Uh, you're 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 not going to regret it. And auditions. Have you had auditions already? We have not had auditions. Auditions are for Sherlock Holmes are on um, Saturday, June third, from four to seven p.m., and Sunday, June four, from two to five. And is it just show up any time in between those, or is it show up at the beginning? 
they have to sign up for so, through Sign Up Genius. The audition notice has not come up yet. It will be there okay. this week at some point. Um, but they have to sign up. They can also look at our webpage, and it says auditions, and it will have all the information, all the character descriptions, um, how the stipend, everything. Like we follow Colorado Theater standards, so everything, everything will be there. And is it open auditions? It is open like, auditions. And, and nobody we needs value to be in a union or anything? No, no. Uh, we value diversity. If anyone, um, like any any racial, cultural background, we are accepting. If they have a disability, please come. We are ADA compliant. We love having actors. We, we have worked with actors with wheelchairs. So any... We we value we really value diversity, as you can tell by the accent. I'm Hispanic, so it can be yeah. Yeah. So non-traditional casting. Uh, all all people are welcome to come audition. No no prior experience required. Right. Like, um, it, it's it, and I I think that's probably a big fear people have. Right. Too is you know you have to start somewhere, but you know go to an audition. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a learning experience, and if you don't get cast, you learn something from the audition. Um, this has a pr pretty good sized cast. Uh, there are some smaller parts. There are um, none of the parts are tiny though. This they're they're all pretty pretty decent parts, um, and especially in like big productions. I don't know if this one quite fits, but in but but in big productions, a lot of times there's so many roles to fill that you know that some, someone with no experience is very likely to get a, 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 a small part, a one-liner, two-liner, something like that. And please, go audition for those. Take those parts because you're going to learn something about the process. You're going to you know just be there and you're going to see the audition process. You're going to see the production process. You're going to learn what's expected of actors through the whole rehearsal process, uh, through production and so forth. And... Uh, you'll be able to take that into your next audition and then, you know, be ready for that bigger role and you'll have that thing on your resume that you, you've done this, that you've done this role there. So are you expecting actors to do a British accent? No. <laughs> so okay. I do not, I know that that's one part of the play. If they can, that will be fantastic. But when I direct, I never expect accents on anyone because of myself. Like I myself <laughs> cannot fix my accent why would I expect an accent on anyone else? So, no. They can just come. American accent. Hispanic accent. French accent. I, an actor, a good actor is a good actor. And I will work with anyone, really. It's not, yeah. It's more about creating something than be specific about, oh, if you cannot make a British accent, you cannot be in this play. That's, that's not fair for anyone. That's not what audiences and theaters should be. I mostly consider if they have like a schedule conflicts, like the rehearsals are this time. Uh, oh, I will be out of town for two weeks. Well, then I cannot work with you just because it doesn't meet the expectations of time-wise. That's my main concern. But if they are willing to put in the time mm -hmm. and willing to, yeah, that, that's okay. I, I don't mind unless it's a violent play. And then if they are not okay with violence, well, then that can be a conflict. But Sherlock Holmes is not a violent play. It doesn't have intimacy. It's it's a very it's a very rational play. 
Yeah, that's a super important thing, right? Is have your conflicts ready up front before you show up that day. Know what your conflicts are um, and be honest about your conflicts. Uh, most directors can work around a lot of things. Um, I was in a production where one of our actors couldn't make Tech Week at all. and But he was the absolute right person for that role. And uh, it, it was a smaller role, but you know they cast him and... It, it, it worked out. He, it was perfect, uh, and it, it wasn't it wasn't a detriment to him or to anybody else that he wasn't able to make Tech Week. But, you know, he put that on his sheet day one, and uh, and we, we worked it out. I guess Sherlock Holmes is, is public domain now, right? Like, you can, you can take a lot of liberties domain. with it, right? Yeah. Yes. It is public domain, and that's one of the reasons we chose it. We were, our original season included Wizard of Oz, I have to say. However... The performance rights for Wizard of Oz are outrageous. So, yes, it's a crowd pleaser, but we would not be able to afford 3700 for just a few shows. It was, we wow. cannot, we cannot, plus production cost. Sherlock Holmes is public domain, and I love Sherlock Holmes. I, I have been in love with the old Poirot, Sherlock Holmes, all these detective stories, I love them. What a great feat for us to actually being able to perform and then invest the money in the production, in in paying the actors, in costumes, in sets. That is more valuable to us than than the performance rights for a very complicated play. Another thing I wanted to ask you about looking at your directing resume was that I see you, you direct a lot of musicals and non-musicals. Is that, is, that, is that challenging? I mean, like, I don't... I don't really do musicals. I've done a couple musicals in like small parts. I'm not a singer. Um, so I know that, that I know it's different, but I also know that like typically with a musical, like a director directs, a choreographer does the, the, the dancing and, and then a music director does the singing. So, so maybe it's not that different. I, I don't know. It, it seems like from a director standpoint though, it would be massively different. Is it? It gets interesting. It gets interesting. I I cannot, I'm not a music person. I cannot sing. I cannot read notes. So I'm not a music person. I also do not dance at all. I have, I have hip replacement. And my hips, the, I was born with hip dysplasia. And I cannot, even when you see me walking, you will see me limping most times. So it's, yes, they are functional. But I cannot take two steps in dancing because I will fall down. So I'm not the dancer. Directing a musical gets a different challenges. So you have to be more in tune with collaborating with the choreographer, the music director, even the stage choreographer, the stage combat person. For example, for Sorrow, right now presenting up to the end of May, I had to collaborate with the music director, the choreographer, a stage combat person, a magician to tell you the trick. There is magic involved. So there were four other creative people that I had to collaborate. My job is to guide the process and then also, of course, guide the actors in creating the character, blocking um, different things. But it gets interesting. Um, I, I love directing everything like musical, non-musical, I have to confess, and this is just between you and I and whoever is listening to the podcast, that my okay. favorite shows to direct are the ones that are a little bit more 
poignant in a way of saying something. So musicals usually are very, very streamlined, very open, very happy. And I'm more like the dramatic type of person, like information for foreigners where somebody like suffers or somebody dies or so. But that's my dark side. So that that's an interesting point, right? Like the a, a lot of times plays. Um, I, I, my wife and I saw. I think uh, what was it? Uh, Christopher Durang, uh, Z- Zanya and Masha and Sasha and Spike recently here in Baltimore. And I think Durang, right? I think you're supposed to spend the drive home asking one another, like, what were we supposed to learn from that? What were we supposed to take away from that? Uh, and that's what we did, uh, and I don't know that we took away the right thing, but 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 that's the conversation we had on the on the way home. Uh, I don't, in, in maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't see that so much with with the Sherlock Holmes play. I I see it as just a story that you get to sit back and enjoy. I don't I don't think you really have to take anything away from it, do you? No, I think it's pretty pretty forward. It's just an interesting story. It is um it is a story that I value. I, I I really admire people that can do that. There are many talented people that can do that. It's just a very feel-good story with a little bit of mystery, but it's it's really forward. There's no, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? But it also makes you think, or at least me reading it and trying to direct, like, how did he... Because even when he explains the thought process, you're like... But but how? Like, would I be able to see those things if I am that situation? That's a wonderful piece of Sherlock Holmes. Like, so maybe you take how? away from it. How? What happened? Maybe you take away from it, like, just in your everyday life in the world. As you walk around the world, you look at things a different way. Like, oh, what? What? Why is that vase sitting over there? Why is it turned this way? Um, things like that. So another thing that I, I think our audiences should should alleviate from their mind is this is not Shakespeare. Like this is easy to understand, right? Like they're not going to come to this and go like, do I need to learn another language to understand this? No, not at all, right? No, it's an easy play. It's a straightforward. It's for all the family too. There is no like no violence or not things that right. the, that should be aware. All family can enjoy it. Family friendly, and also it's not it's not Agatha Christie. You're not going to be sitting there trying to like solve it. You know what? I, like that's that's my issue with Agatha Christie, right? I enjoy it, but also like I'm in my head the whole time I'm watching it. I'm trying to figure out the mystery the entire time, and maybe not focusing on what I should focus on. Uh, but but that's that's enough of that. <laughs> so I have one more question for you, and it's this: What is the single most important thing? that an actor can do at an audition? Be himself or himself or themselves. So the monologue or whatever requirements is important, but the more approachable a person is, the easier it is for them to get cast. Okay, very good. Be yourself, be approachable. All right. Uh, So then one more question. You said monologue. Are people expected to prepare a monologue for your upcoming auditions of Sherlock Holmes? Yes. Usually that is the way that I operate. Usually that in Denver community theaters usually require a monologue, the different kinds of monologues, sometimes even two, depending on the play. Um, Usually a monologue. 
uh, now if an actor has problems with memory and cannot retain things bring a monologue and read it just be prepared to do it so it doesn't it's not an impediment shouldn't be an impediment for an actor but yeah feel free to say i have problems with short-term memory i need to read my monologue and that also gives us an opportunity as director to see oh if i cast this actor i have to make sure that they have a book or something they can use on stage so they don't have to memorize their lines so it also it it shouldn't be an impediment okay great well that's all i have thank you so much for joining us today maru uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before you leave? No, thank you so much for having me. What you're doing is fantastic. I really appreciate it. And just keep in touch. Just look at our our audition, our season. Um, really, we're striving to be inclusive and to think outside of the box. Will do. Thank you so much. That's all for this episode. Don't forget, the Sherlock Holmes auditions will be held on June 3rd and 4th with performances scheduled from July 28th to August 13th. For links to Wheat Ridge Theatre Company and other items mentioned in this episode, be sure to visit our show notes at fromtheapron.com. We encourage you to actively engage in your local community theatre scene. Take a moment to search for community theatres near you using your favorite search engine. Attending a show, auditioning, or volunteering can be a fulfilling experience that you won't regret. Thanks again for listening and sharing our podcast. We look forward to bringing you more content in the future.